Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. So the headline is, the day I put $50,000 in a shoebox and handed it to a stranger, I never thought I was the kind of person to fall for a scam. Charlotte Cowles is her name. She is the financial advice columnist for TheCut.com. Okay, and she is not old. I just looked her up. No, 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 no. The details. Now, I'm going to share this story for a couple of different reasons. One, it's crazy entertaining. Two, if, and I think this is Charlotte's point, if Charlotte can fall for something like this, anybody can. Anybody can. And yeah. I will say this, that I've been getting more and more, you know, text messages, mm-hmm. emails, and calls that seem suspicious. And, you know, my radar goes up. However, just listen to the details. So she goes, on a Tuesday evening this past October, I put $50,000 in cash in a shoebox, taped it, shut as instructed, carried it to the sidewalk in front of my apartment, my phone clasped to my ear, don't let anyone hurt me, I told the man on the line, feeling pathetic. You won't be hurt. Just keep doing exactly as I say. And then she tells the story about how a white Mercedes pulled to the curb. The man on the phone said, do not look at the driver. Um, They knew her address, social security number, the name of her family members, that her two-year-old son was playing in the living room. He said that the home was being watched. The laptop had been hacked, and they were in imminent danger. Holy cow. So she admits very early in the column, now I know this is all a scam now, a cruel and violating one, but painfully obvious in retrospect. She admits that, that when you hear the details here, you're going to say, wait a second, how could you have ever fallen for this? Here's what I can't figure out, she writes. Why didn't I just hang up and call 911? Why didn't I text my husband or my brother, who's a lawyer, or my best friend, also a lawyer, or my parents, or one of the many other people who would have helped me? Why did I hand over all that money? $50,000, right? Wow. The content of her savings account strictly for emergencies without a bigger fight. So people, she admitted that people say, you don't seem like the type of person this would happen to. And she says what they mean is I'm not senile, hysterical, or a rube, but these stereotypes are actually false. Younger adults, Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, 34% more likely to report losing money to fraud compared with those over 60. That's shocking. I did not know that. So that was um, Halloween, October 31st. She dressed her toddler in a pizza costume for Halloween, kissed him goodbye before school. She wrote some emails at 1230 in the afternoon. Now, some of this is framed around Halloween trick-or-treatings that night, right? She's worried about her son. The phone rings. The caller ID said it was Amazon. 
Okay? She answered. There was a woman with a vague accent that told me she was calling from an Amazon customer service account to check some unusual activity. The call was being recorded for quality purposes. Had I recently spent $8,000 on MacBooks and iPads? I had not. I checked my Amazon account. My order history showed diapers and groceries, no iPads. The woman said her name was Krista, told me the purchases had been made under my business account. She goes, I don't have a business account. So they both talk about this. They agree that she's the victim of identity theft. And she says, I'm going to flag the fraudulent accounts. I'm going to freeze their activity. She gives um, Charlotte a case ID number. Wait a minute. This woman didn't even have a business account, so she's already fallen for that, right? She said, nope, I don't have a business account, yet this woman keeps going, and she's like, oh, okay. That's a good point. It gets crazier. Then Krista explains that Amazon had been having a lot of problems with identity theft and false accounts. It had become so pervasive that the company was working with a liaison at the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, and was referring defrauded customers to him. Could she connect me? Now, I want you to think of two things here, Sue. I know that your brain is going to go to how is Charlotte so naive, right? How is Charlotte so gullible? But what I want you to focus on a little bit here is how sophisticated yes. this was when you hear the details. And now Charlotte thinks she's helping, right, by yeah. being transferred yeah. to this. So that's another factor. So Krista transferred the call to uh, a guy that says, I'm Calvin Mitchell. He says, I'm an investigator with the FTC, gives a badge number, right? Oh, my God. Uh, writes down his direct phone line in case I needed to contact him again, says that the call is being recorded, asked me to verify my name. And then he gives the last four digits of her social, her home address, date of birth to confirm oh. that they were correct. She says, and, you know, I can see this, the fact that he had my social security number through me, I was getting nervous. So Calvin says, I'm glad we're speaking. Your information is linked to a case that we've been working on for a while now, and it's quite serious. He says that 22 bank accounts, nine vehicles, four properties were registered to my name. The bank accounts had wired more than $3 million overseas, mostly to Jamaica and Iraq. Did I know anything about this? No. Do I know someone named Stella Suki Kwong? I don't think so. He texted me a photo of her ID, claimed that it had been found in a car rented under my name. None of this has happened, right? He, uh, he says that, well, authorities found drugs, bank statements registered to her name, Social Security. He texts a drug bust photo of bags of pills and money stacked on a table and says there are warrants out for her arrest in Maryland what? and Texas and that she's being charged with cyber crimes, money laundering, and drug trafficking. So... She says, my head swam. I Googled my name along with warrant and money laundering, but nothing came up, uh -huh. right? She says, I'm in deep blank. That's what she texts to her husband. My identity was stolen. It seems really bad. So then back to Calvin. Calvin wanted to know if anyone I knew or um, anything like that has connections to Iraq or Jamaica. She says, no, right? Um, have you ever used public or unsecured Wi-Fi? She says, I don't know, maybe. I used the airport Wi-Fi recently. Remember, that's a real thing. That is a real yes, thing. Yes, it is. Okay, so you can go to the airport. If you plug your stuff in, you know, for charging, they can get your information potentially. We've talked to, uh, to George about that here uh, on the air. So well, he says that's unfortunate. That's how many of these breaches start. Jeez. Calvin says, listen carefully. The first thing you must do is don't tell anyone what's going on. Everyone around you is a suspect. She says, I almost laughed. I told him I was quite sure my husband, who works for an affordable housing nonprofit and makes meticulous spreadsheets for our childcare expenses, was not a secret drug smuggler. I believe you, but even so, your communications are probably under surveillance. You cannot talk to him about this. So she deletes the text oh messages that she even sent from a few minutes earlier. 
So she says, I felt suspended between two worlds, the one I knew and the one this man was describing. If I had nothing to do with any of these allegations, how much could they truly affect me? So this goes on and on and on. And the guy says, well, how much money do you have in your bank account? She goes, I got two bank accounts, checking and savings. My balance is a little over $80,000. Now, what she says here is she's a freelance worker in a volatile industry. She kept a big emergency fund, and then she also set cash aside for taxes at the end of the year because mm. they aren't withheld, which makes sense. I mean, that's a fair amount of money to have in yeah, two bank is. accounts, especially when interest rates are paying you probably more than your, your savings account, but whatever. We'll, we'll deal with Charlotte's you know strategy for saving money later. So then the Calvin says, you must have worked very hard to save all that money. Do not share your bank account information with anyone. I'm going to help you keep your money safe. He uh-huh. says, I'm going to transfer you to my colleague at the CIA, who's the lead investigator on the case, and uh, they're going to give you a nine-digit case number. And the CIA agent's going to tell you what to do CIA next. wouldn't have anything to do well, with it. Well, but it did. Oh, no. Just because they said it did. Oh. So Charlotte says, if it was a scam, I couldn't see the angle. It had occurred to me that the whole story might be made up or an elaborate mistake, but no one had asked me for money or told me to buy crypto. They'd only encouraged me to not share my banking information. They hadn't asked for my personal details. They already knew them. I hadn't been told to click on anything. So that's, right, right. that's relatively interesting. She says she checked her bank accounts, credit cards, credit score. Nothing looked out of the ordinary, right? So this thing goes on. There's another guy that gets on the line. He's got a British accent, and he says his name is Michael Serrano. He worked for the CIA involving the FTC. Gives a badge number. She says, I'm going to need more than that. I have no reason to believe that any of what you're saying is real. He says, I understand. He told me to go to the FTC homepage, look up the main phone number. Now hang up the phone, and I will call you from that number right now. I did as he said. The FTC number flashed on my screen. I picked it up. How do I know you're not just spoofing this, I asked. It's a government number. It cannot be spoofed. (laughs) Apparently it can be, right? Um, I admitted that I had texted my husband. You must reassure him that everything is fine. In many cases like this, we have to investigate the spouse as well. The less he knows, the less he's implicated. From now on, you have to file protocol if you want us to help you. Oh, my god! I don't think I should lie to my husband, I said. I'm feeling stupid. He goes, you're being investigated for major federal crimes. By keeping your husband out of this, you're protecting him. Look, they had an answer, Sue. They had an answer for everything. Now, think about this. I'm I'm not trying to let her completely off the hook, but her mind is just swimming, right? So... The, the stories then are consistent with what the other guy says. This goes on and on and on. The CIA says, i got to freeze your assets, right? But here's the deal. How, how long do you need, uh, how much money do you need to support yourself, right? The guy says, well, there could be a trial. You might need to testify. And he convinces her to go to the bank, get the money out. Don't tell them what it's for. You know, he says, in one case, the identity thief was someone who worked at the bank. That's what he tells her. So she keeps him on speaker the whole time she oh goes to the bank. The, the person at the bank, so she asked the teller for 50 grand. The woman behind the window raises her eyebrows, disappears, comes back with a large metal box of $100 bills, counts them out with a machine. Then she pushes the bills through a slot, and there's a sheet of paper that warns against scams. I thanked her and left. By the way, I didn't think it was even possible to go. I don't have $50,000 in my account, but I didn't even think you could go and withdraw that I didn't much think you could in cash in just one day. So this goes on and on, and she ends up putting this money in front of her house. Somebody comes by, grabs the $50,000. And she's what is never it? seen it again. Sue, so the oh, money is gone. Is- Get more at 971talk.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.